Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot. But the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. There's plenty to celebrate in March and National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN, hour number two. Sean King, Tim Murray with you. And uh, just going final down the road from where we sit. The Houston Rockets beat the Detroit Pistons in some summer league action. Why is that brought up? Well, you had Cade Cunningham going against Jalen Green. And I'm looking at SportsCenter. Is that SportsCenter or is that VEASAN right now? <laughs> Showing those odds, Sean. I mean, think about the days when you worked at, uh, when you worked was, at ESPN. It was taboo. Look at that. They it just came taboo. out of a summer league basketball game to an odds board. And the rookie of the year discussion as uh, – as, as they would say in Seinfeld, is hot and heavy. Uh, Jalen Green, 25 points tonight. Cade uh, Cunningham had 20. and Both outstanding basketball players. I still just, the eye test says that Jalen Green is super special. They're going to be really good NBA players, but I just when you see Jalen play, he looks like he's that other thing. I really hope, and I, you know, I, I love drafts. I love the NBA draft. I love the NFL draft, Sean, because I love both college and co- I love college football. That's my favorite sport okay. uh, to bet, to watch. And then I love college basketball, too, as you'll see come you know February when football's over. We'll be sweating out college hoop games all over the place. And you know, when this marriage happens, it's, it's fun. And it's, a fun, it's a fun event to bet. Uh, I love betting the drafts. Uh, being out here for those two was was a was a ton of fun. Uh, and I really just hope that this year's NBA draft, when you think about Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs, Scotty Barnes, I mean that top five, I really think has the potential, yeah. all of them, of being really really talented. Now the likelihood is low because there's busts all over the place, no matter what sport we talk about. But uh, 
You know, the more and more I think about it, if that price stays at plus 450 and you're able to grab it, I think it's I think it's worth a play. And it's funny, we just talked to Matt, uh, and, you know, on the network, we tried our best to find those long shots. I mean, right. Matt and Wes and Brady, when they talk golf, it's the long shots, right? It's the long shot show. And you don't want to sit on a ticket that's not that juicy this early. However, sometimes those odds are going to go away, and I think is the I mean, Jalen Green is going to score, going to get his, because Houston's going to be bad, and he's proven he's a prolific scorer. That's why I don't know if you're going to get much better number than, than plus 450, unless he gets hurt. I think he's the next coming. I don't want to put too much pressure on the kid, but, <laughs> I mean, when you, when, you, when you have it, you have it, and, and he has it. I mean, he's a, a special talent. He's a unique personality, which I think is going to go a long way to who actually wins the award, because it is voted on, if I'm not mistaken, oh, yeah. by the media. Yep. They're going to love him. He's engaging, has a great smile, and he has the talent to back up the looks. I, I like the plus 450. And I think, in my opinion, him going to the G League really helped him out just to prepare for the NBA. And know? the grind of it. Yeah. You know, the professional part of staying in a hotel, having to get Playing up and shoot men. around. Yeah. I mean, think about the desperation that's in the G League. It is, it is guys playing for their livelihood. Very true. As opposed to the Big 12. No knock on the Big 12. they got some really good teams. And Cade Cunningham had some really special games. And he's more uh, on top of our minds because we saw him a lot more. We saw Jalen Suggs all the time, right? right? He goes to the national championship game. You know, guys like uh, Jonathan Kaminga and Jalen Green, we didn't really know all that well. They weren't household names. But that's why you actually saw Jalen Green early in the draft process mm-hmm. at plus money to go number two. And eventually they closed as a you know minus 500 favorite to go number two, because as the evaluators got their hands on it and more news started to come out, it was uh, pretty evident that Jalen green was, and was I'm not the real t- deal. If you're a Scotty Barnes fan, take the 850. I mean, if you're a Kate Cunningham fan, those guys are going to be outstanding basketball players just so far. Based on what I've seen, the guy that looks like he's extra special is Jalen green and the situation. Houston's going to stink. Yeah. He's going to be the guy, and you know, he's going to get his shots. Kind of like what we saw last year uh, in Minnesota, but ultimately, you know, Lonzo did so much more than Anthony Edwards that it wasn't just solely on scoring. So uh, a fun game here tonight: Jalen Green, uh, twenty-five points; Cade Cunningham, twenty. I don't know if that changes your mind at all on Rookie of the Year. That's Sean. I'm Tim. Talk a little AFC East coming up with John Yastrzemski. Number two here on the nightcap, that is Sean King, former Tampa Bay Buccaneer, Super Bowl winner. In the building. I am Tim Murray, and that, that's where it ends. I, I just I don't know how to beef myself up there, Sean. I'm your hype man uh, because I, I You're got... doing a great job. <laughs> I mean, my self-confidence has <laughs> gone up substantially it's day two for you. since I'm I partnered to, with trying you. Trying to build it up, trying to build it up. Um, and uh, we're going to bring in John Yastrzemski because it has been – uh, what we've been doing these last uh, six days, today's being the seventh, of a division a day. And today is the AFC East. But before we jump into the AFC East, I got to get John's thoughts on what we witnessed last night. Now, he's going to be, uh, he, you know, Sean, he's going to be a little, uh, how much, I don't know, John, how much attention are we getting from you? Like 75% right now, 60? Because you got 
Uh, bases no, loaded no, no, situation. No, no, no. I'm going to give you guys no because the Yankees are cooked in this game. They haven't scored at all, and I think they're going to give up another run or two. It's not their night. I mean, simply put, it's not their night. And after they played that drunk game 24 hours ago, guys, it would have been a really good investment to bet the Kansas City Royals tonight. But I could never do that. It's not my heart, you know. It's not my DNA. Well, I, I wore this shirt today. Uh, it is the it's not under until it's over shirt because John <laughs> last night. Uh, if anyone out there, and I'm sure you had some of your listeners of the New York, New York pod that, that bet the under 10 last night. Hopefully you didn't. Uh, maybe you bet the over and, and you were able to, to, to reap the benefits. But that game was drunk because it was scoreless after six, one to one after seven, two to two after eight, three to three after nine. The total was 10 and the over hit. I mean, if that is not the blueprint of why you can't bet full game unders this season because of the ghost runner on second base. I, I don't know what is that game last night. You just saw it slipping from your fingertips. If you had the under <laughs> no doubt guys, that's one of those games where if you have the under and you're on the wrong side of it, you might want to take like a 24 or 48 hour break. Like you need a, a little bit of time to decompress. John, that's like throwing like four or five interceptions in a game, man. It's like, I don't even want to watch the film. I don't want to go over anything. This is a nightmare. Let's forget about it. It's on to the next one. You know, John, I wish I was good enough to throw five picks. <laughs> I'm just saying, I watched Juan Marino. You know, it he takes seven touchdowns. He picks too. Yeah, it takes a rare quarterback to be able to get to five. Like, you have to be entrenched as the guy with that organization. Well, Peyton set the record as rookie hey. year, right? Well, I get that. And For listen, John, let's be honest. When you got Sapp and uh, Brooks and you got John Lynch yeah, Hall of Famers everywhere. Barber on the defense, <laughs> yeah. I'm, not, I'm not letting you throw five picks either, Bob. Yeah. Tony Dungy's like, Sean, if you if you throw five picks from 20 passes, we're, we got some issues here. Just think about playing a game. Hey, if you don't turn the ball over, we're going to win. Oh, thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's what local radio in Tampa was saying in 2000. Uh, John Yastrzemski joining us. All right, let's get to football because you, despite being entrenched there in New York City, being New York through and through, uh, your pod, New York, New York, and the Ringer Network, you're a Dolphins fan. So when you look at this division as, uh, as, as we break it down, you know, this is, the, the Dolphins are so fascinating to me this year, and I'm sure, John, they're very intriguing to you, right? They've got a, a particularly easy schedule. If you look at Warren Sharp and the way he breaks it all down, they've got the fourth easiest schedule based on expected win total. But with the defense and how opportunistic they were last year getting turnovers, there's expected to be some regression there. Uh, Over-under on wins is 9.5. You're, you're looking at plus 350 or so to win this division. I, I think it comes down, plain and simple, to the quarterback play. So, John, how do you look at the Dolphins, your squad this year, and the chances to maybe shock the Buffalo Bills? Well, fired up, fellas, because they got themselves a head coach. Brooklyn boy, Brian Flores, think about what he's done the last two years. They were tanking two years ago. They went five and four down the stretch. They gave Tom Brady his last regular season loss and cost him a first-round bye. Season ago, they break in a rookie quarterback, coming off major hip surgery. They win 10 games. And I understand, Tim, the point about, you know, regression when it comes to turnovers, and you can't expect to have that same sort of turnover differential. I think that's totally fair and justified. 
I also think Miami is going to be a lot more dynamic on offense. Chan Gailey, they finally put him out the pasture. Hallelujah. And they got some legitimate speed around Tua. They have now built an offense that's kind of tailor-made for what he brings to the table. Getting his buddy Jalen Waddle out of Alabama. Will Fuller and that breakaway speed. The return of Albert Wilson. I think he's had a terrific camp. And I think the Miami Dolphins are going to be a playoff team. Now, do I think they're beating out Buffalo in this division? No. I think Buffalo is loaded. They're super well coached. Josh Allen is a stud. Uh, Buffalo deserves to be favored, and I'm seeing them minus 150, 160. I think that's a safe bet. I think it's a sound bet. But when it comes to Miami and New England, I think Miami's a better team. I think they got more talent. And I think New England, with Cam Newton having all the questions about his shoulder, and Matt Jones, let me see what he's going to do in the NFL. I think Miami is where they should be, which is second. And I would take their win total as an over. I think they're winning more than nine and a half games this year. You know, it's very interesting that you brought up Jalen Waddle because I came on as a guest mm-hmm. on the nightcap before I was uh, hired by VEASAN. And the day I texted all our bosses and said, we need to hire this guy. <laughs> I think if a non-quarterback Watch, wins... Move, <laughs> so, John, I think if a non-quarterback wins Rookie of the Year, I love Jalen Waddle to have a legit shot to get the award. I think it's going to be difficult because the amount of quarterbacks that were selected in the first round and the attention that they're going to get. But I love what Jalen Waddle brings to that offense, and his run after the catch is going to be huge, you know, really for a team that last season wasn't that dynamic pushing the ball down the field. I think that's a great point, Sean, and think about it. You have Jalen Waddell playing with his college quarterback. What was the element the Dolphins were missing last year? That, like, 10-yard slant and somebody to be able to take a 10-yard third aid and turn it into a 40, or 50, or 60-yard play. And the Miami Dolphins identified Jalen Waddell as the guy they wanted for months. People within the Dolphin organization, they'll tell you that. They love Jalen Waddell. They wanted him to be a Dolphin. And, yeah, I have no problem with taking a flyer there on him to go and win Rookie of the Year. Now, the problem is, you guys know the deal. They love giving Rookie of the Year to a quarterback. So if one of these rookie quarterbacks ends up having a lot of success, whether it's Sunshine with Jacksonville, maybe it's Trey Lance stepping in on a playoff team potentially with the Niners, maybe it's Justin Fields winning the job in Chicago, don't think it's going to end up being Zach Wilson with the New York Jets, but you find one of those guys and they light it up, They just love quarterbacks. That's my problem with betting non-quarterbacks for the MVP and the rookie of the year. If it's close, because I saw the numbers with Derrick Henry, and we know what a beast he is, Mr. 2000. It's just one of those elements where it's like, yeah, the value's great. The number's going to look really good. They might tease me. I might try to, like, generate a little bit of false hope. But at the end of the day, quarterback probably wins the award. I think offensive rookie of the year, you can – Absolutely see it, and history shows you, you can get a non-quarterback. The MVP is really turned into pretty much it's a quarterback. Yeah. I mean, the last non-quarterback to win MVP was Adrian Peterson. Right. But you saw, I mean, Josh Jacobs would have won this award. It still is a thorn in my side because I had him at 8-1. to one. <laughs> He gets hurt, and then Kyler Murray sneaks in. He plays well. I was able to hedge off it at some plus money. Uh, but you mentioned Zach Wilson. You're there in New York, and I – I know it's more a Giants town than the Jets. Maybe some po- folks on the island like the Jets. Um, but but the, the early reports have not been great 
uh, with Zach Wilson. There was the, the questions about the contract. That gets salted away. Uh, John, what are the realistic expectations for Zach Wilson walking into what is a pretty disastrous roster there with the Jets? Yeah, I'd keep him low. I mean, listen, <laughs> rookie quarterback, first-year head coach, loaded division. That's the problem the Jets are going to run into. I think they're going to be a much better team than what they were last year, where they were a laughing stock, an embarrassment. They were winless uh, for a good chunk of the year. They'll be a little bit better in that. But where are they getting wins in this division? They're losing twice to Buffalo at best. I mean, if things went well for the Jets, they're going 2-4 and four in this division. I think it's more likely they go 1-5. and five. I wouldn't be shocked if they went 0-6 within the division. That six-win total, I can't find seven wins on that schedule. I mean, guys, if you want to find me seven wins, be my guest. And Robert Sala deserves consideration for NFL Coach of the Year if he could <laughs> squeeze seven wins out of this Jet roster. I just don't see it. But with Wilson, I think people are going to freak out about scrimmages and not looking up to par. Let's see it in the regular season. Before I'm, like, selling Zach Wilson down the river, let, let, let me see him play a couple of regular season games. And the biggest key for me with the Jets moving forward, is Zach Wilson going to look a lot better in November and December as opposed to the way he looks in September and October? If he's progressing by the end of the year, he's comfortable with the offense, and the Jets are playing a lot better, then you're A-OK. I really think this is one of those picks that's going to age terribly. Really? I, I really do, and not all because of Zach Wilson. I don't think he's surrounded right now offensively with enough weapons to be successful, but I had Mac Jones as the best quarterback in this class who was selected after He's 15th. Zach Wilson. Justin Fields, I said some kind of way that was the guy that people found a way to start disliking mm -hmm. in spite of all the quality tape he had was drafted after Zach Wilson. I think even guys like Kyle Trask and Kellen Mond Ooh. are going to be better NFL quarterbacks than Zach Wilson ultimately ends up becoming. I hope I'm wrong for Jets Nation, but I just think this is one of those picks. The further we get away from this draft, it's going to look almost like Chicago and Trubisky. Like it's going to look like, wow, they Ooh. did what? <laughs> yeah, at least they didn't trade up. Well, that's the way it goes with quarterbacks, though, guys. Let's be honest. If you don't hit on a quarterback as a front office and as a regime, you won't survive. Think about Ryan Pace. Sean just brought it up. You're in the same draft class as Deshaun Watson, who I loved in college at Clemson, Patrick Mahomes, who is hands down, clear cut, the best player in football, and you end up with Trubisky, like that's something that's forever going to loom over you no matter what. So, and, yeah, and John, if and John ends up winning games, then you're screwed. But John, the similarities you are. You ain't surviving that if you're Douglas. The similarities are eerie. A lot like Mitchell Trubisky, who only played one significant year at North Carolina. Yep. Zach Wilson really only has one quality year at BYU and was taking over guys that had multiple years of success with big-time programs, just like the Trubisky draft. It's just interesting that the Jets will repeat that and what I think is a mistake, but obviously their evaluators felt like Zach was the guy. We'll see. Well, the one thing I would say to that, though, you watched Watson over two or three years. It was just, like, so clear-cut that he was special. Fields, I like him as a prospect. The only thing I didn't love about Fields, a couple of shaky games in the conference last year in the Big Ten, didn't play great in the national championship game. But, yes, if you're asking me, Fields, Wilson, who is in a better position to succeed this year? It's not even close. It's Justin Fields. And it may turn out Justin Fields is the guy long-term. But – 
We're going to find out soon enough, fellas. Yeah, right. you know, these narratives, they go out the window once they start playing the games. You know that. True. We're talking to John Yastrzemski, host of New York, New York, the podcast, the Ringer Podcast Network. Always love talking to John. All right. Uh, we're going to pivot away from the AFC East because I know you're a Yankee fan. You don't hide it. Um but I got to talk the Mets. I mean, my fire. goodness. The Mets are, are something right now. And this past <laughs> weekend, look, I got Mets fans in my family. Uh, I'm from D.C., so uh, anytime I see the, the Mets struggle, it, it kind of puts a, you know, like a Grinch-like smile on my face. You know, that creepy smile that the Grinch gets uh, when, he, when he steals all the presents. Um, what, what do we make of this Mets team right now? How do they dig themselves out of this hole? Uh, because it wasn't that long ago that it seemed like it was a sure thing uh, and I know Jacob DeGrom's injury, I mean, that is, is, is massive. But how, how do the Mets overcome uh, where they are right now? You got to start scoring runs. I mean, they scored five runs in three games in a hitter haven at Citizens Bank Park. That's unacceptable. The Mets have been an awful offensive team all year. Their pitching was bound to regress. Obviously not having DeGrom hurts, but the other guys in the rotation haven't been as good. Got to start scoring some runs. They need a big week against the Nationals because they got a bunch of games coming up. Giants, Dodgers. They basically play the Giants and the Dodgers over the next two weeks, and that could basically say sayonara for the rest of this year. The Atlanta Braves are coming on. The Philadelphia Phillies, despite a loss here on Tuesday night, they're coming on. The Mets are not dead because they play in the Woolful and NLEs. That's the good news if you're a Mets fan. The bad news is you're averaging less than four runs a game. Go out trying to win. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is, and this is a terrible time to be playing the Nationals. I'm gonna be honest, because on the surface, the Nationals are a team that they should beat. But like I uh, showed you yesterday, the Nationals have been scoring runs. They've scored four runs at least in the first. Yeah, in their last like six games, whereas the Mets have scored more than four runs once in their last nine. So. I just think this is a team that's hitting the ball against a team that's not hitting the ball. I wouldn't be surprised if the Nationals win this series. John, before we let you run, we got about uh, about a minute. Two, one, or zero. Those are your options. How many teams from the city you sit in make the baseball playoffs? Ooh. Wow, that's a great question. <laughs> that is a great question. Uh, I'm going to split the baby in half. And I'm not sure which one yet, quite frankly, guys. I'm going to say we have one because I don't want to put the kibosh on the Yankees, to be honest. I'm trying to walk a slippery slope there. I hope they are the team. The Mets play in the easier division, but the Yankees are clearly playing better ball. Need some guys back off the injured list and the COVID list, though. So I'll say one. I'll give you the uh, the cliche conservative one answer. I hope that flies. It, it, anything flies. John, always appreciate it. Uh, get back to watching the Royals and the Yankees, and uh, we'll be listening to your pod, New York, New York. Thanks, man. Fellas, my pleasure. I'll see you guys out in the desert in a couple weeks. Looking forward to it. That's Take right. Care. Yeah, yeah, John's going John's to stop by our studio. I think in two weeks he yeah, said awesome. he'll be in town. That's Sean King. I'm Tim Murray. Uh, we mentioned it a little bit. We had ourselves a, a nice head-to-head matchup. It's summer league, but still, it gives us that opportunity to talk a little rookie of the year. Cade versus Jalen. Maybe someone else. It's the nightcap here on VEASAN. It is a nightcap here on VEASAN. A little AFC East discussion. We'll keep that AFC East conversation going on. I do want to... You know what? I'm going to pivot here. Because you said something, and I need to, uh, I need to re- re- get back to that surface. Because you've said it a couple times about Mac Jones being 
in, in your eyes, the way you evaluated the quarterbacks mm-hmm. in this draft, the best quarterback in this draft. Yes. But I think also something that really resonated was your thoughts on Zach Wilson mm-hmm. and how you think the Jets are going to regret or that's going to age poorly selecting him second. So what about Zach Wilson? And, and the early returns, it's tough. You know, it's, it's training camp, and I, I think it's unfair at times. You know, like the Tua stuff and OTAs. Oh, he threw five picks in OTAs. Well, he's supposed to be trying to do different things, take risks. But when you look at Zach Wilson, what about him when you think about Trey Lance being the third pick, he goes after him. Justin Fields goes 11 to the Bears. They trade up to get Justin Fields. Mac Jones goes 15. Uh, we mentioned, you know, Kellen Mond, Kyle Trask, some other names, uh, Davis Mills. Some of those are some of the guys that were drafted. What about Zach Wilson makes you worried? The initial thing that bothers me is, and this is no knock on BYU, I went to Tulane. Right. But to me, if you're at a non-blue blood program, you have to have at least two and a half, three years of dominant play at quarterback for me to think you're a viable option as the number two pick in the draft. So we're not saying Zach is the number 22nd. We're talking right. about the second pick in the draft. Yet he was only dominant at BYU for one season. That was during the COVID where they did not play any Power 5 schools. So what happened before then? You know, that's where, to me, the question marks are major and significant. And I'm not going to put my job on the line, especially with the second pick in the draft, when, okay, Matt Jones didn't have a three-year career at Alabama, but it's Alabama. Hardly any of their quarterbacks start for more than two years because generally when you get there, the guy that's starting is an NFL first round or NFL caliber player. And then after two years, you're going pro. Right. So that's different to me than Zach because none of those quarterbacks before him at BYU are in the NFL. So it's not like he's coming behind, for instance, Pat Ramsey at Tulane. He didn't play initially, but I was there. Okay, I was conference player of the year undefeated. I could understand that if that was a situation at BYU, but it wasn't. So what happened before this miracle season with Zach Wilson? To me, that's a huge question mark. Yeah, and I think that's that's absolutely fair. You look at their schedule. uh, You know, we were... Uh, you know, we were going back and forth. Um, you know, what was the most uh, what what was the most uh, difficult challenge that they had? It was it was challenging on you know last second to go to Coastal Carolina hostile environment. Made some good plays. Also he, lost the game. You know, he didn't look like the best quarterback in that game. The kid from Coastal so, Carolina outplayed him. Let in me my bring opinion. up. Let me bring up. You know, Josh Allen. Josh Allen went to Wyoming. Hmm? When he played big-time competition, struggled a little bit, you know, and excuses were made uh, that, you know, he didn't have the playmakers around him. It took him time, but now he is what he is. He's, you know, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the game. Could you see a certain, uh, a similar path for Zach Wilson or no? Well, one's built like a Volkswagen and the other one's built like an extended uh, Cadillac Escalade. Like when Josh Allen walks in the door, he looks like if you drew up a uh, paint a quarterback in the NFL, that's what he looks like. Zach doesn't have those same physical attributes. He's a guy that won more because of his ability to extend plays to make dynamic things happen outside of the normal structure of the system. 
but physically he's not an imposing person. So does that translate? Obviously the New York Jets thinks it does. Hopefully, I'm not a hater. I hope Zach Wilson goes on and has an unbelievable NFL career. All I'm saying is that the things that I base my evaluations of that position on, I would not have taken Zach Wilson in front of some of those other guys. Where, if you can remember, so you had uh, Mac Jones 1. I had Mac 1. I had Trevor Lawrence 2. Okay. I had Justin Fields 3. I actually had Kellen Mond 4. Oh, okay. I think Kellen Mond has a chance to be an outstanding, outstanding player. Trey Lance is another guy down the line a little right. bit for me. Just I didn't think there was enough I think Trey Lance evidence for, there of him being able to consistently locate the football. And for Trey Lance, you walk into a much healthier situation than your starting day one. Mm-hmm. So I think moral of the story, Zach Wilson 10-1 to rookie rookie of the year. I'm not taking Probably that. not a bet that Sean will be making. Uh, we will get back to the AFC East uh, a little bit later on in this hour. We'll look at some season stat props on uh, on all of the big hitters in the AFC East. But up next, we were going to get to this yesterday. We got sidetracked, which we will be one to do. Saquon Barkley back on the field. Could he be comeback player of the year? It's the nightcap here on Visa. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. (laughs) I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dance, bro. <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex-
National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. season has kicked off. Yeah, it did with the Hall of Fame game. Got some games coming up on Thursday night. It's the perfect time for you to huddle up with the v Pro Football Betting Guide. Our expert experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. The guide is only 20 bucks, and discounts are available when you get both our NFL and college guide. Reserve your copy or sign up for VEASAN All Access and get everything we offer for the entire football season. Sign up now. Head over to VEASAN.com backslash subscribe. Look at that. Look at, Who's on the cover there, Sean? That's your team. Champa Bay. That's your team. Hey, so all we do is win championships. In Apparently. Although I am now a part of the Las Vegas community, so I need one of those I'm a local buttons. So let's go raid us. Let's go raid us. <laughs> we got John Gruden, who was uh, your former coach. My guy. Um, I, you know, I, I mentioned it before, and I, I don't even know if you remember. Uh, I'm sure you do. Your, your memory. You, we were going. I was going through Tulane's schedule from 98, and you're like, oh, yeah, that happened. Oh, yeah, this happened. I'm like, yep, you're spot on. So uh, do you remember the mindset of Gruden during the preseason, because I thought Matt earlier in the show brought up a good point about betting Las Vegas in week one, right? You've got Seattle. What's Seattle's mindset going into this? They don't want to play Russell Wilson. They've got a couple guys out uh, with contract negotiations. And then Las Vegas is at home. Mm-hmm. First time in front of fans since that stadium has opened. And their backup quarterback situation is one of the healthiest in the entire league with Marcus Mariota. So as a, you know, a short favorite, Las Vegas is intriguing to me. Matt kind of just perked it up for me. But do you remember what, what Gruden's mindset was? Do you, do you have any recollection? Gruden's always on go. <laughs> yeah, he's always <laughs> on 100. Like, he's just one of those guys, like, he's always enthusiastic. He's always either got a smile or a frown on his face. He's never nonchalant. Like, he's just a high-energy guy, so he wants to win. Like, he takes everything personal. He thinks he's always in a competition with the opposing coach, which is a great trait. <laughs> you know, that's why he's been successful. And... You know, I think they're going to really, you know, take the preseason serious because I think the Raiders are a team that's trying to generate interest. Look at this. Now, Pete Carroll on that list as well. John Gruden, as a head coach in the preseason, oh, yeah. 18 8 and 2 ATS, yeah. 69.2%. Hey, I don't lie to kick it. <laughs> he takes it serious. <laughs> and, 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 and I'm telling you, they're trying to generate national interest. Right. Right now, the Raiders. Don't you want to put on your show yeah. for your fans? You know, Mark Davis last year said, we're no fans the entire, unless we could fill this whole stadium up, no fans. Right. And I, I respected that decision by him, you know, to say, we're not going to let just happen. This is a new stadium. Let's wait. So this is the first opportunity. Yes, it is a preseason game, but this is, there's going to be a lively crowd in there to see the first glimpse of, of the Raiders playing another team. So I I would be pretty surprised knowing the situations for Seattle, situation for Vegas, looking in that trend, you knowing Gruden the way that he is. I would be surprised if the Raiders don't come out victorious on Saturday night. 
Me as well. I think it means more to them than it does to Seattle. Yeah. And I think that's what that's what the preseason kind of comes down to. Right? I wouldn't be surprised if Seattle didn't even bring everyone. <laughs> Why? Well, yeah. If they do like the Cowboys did in the Hall of Fame game, <laughs> we're going to leave our good players, you know, back where we came from. We'll see you guys in a couple of days. Well, speaking of the Cowboys, uh, they're on Hard Knocks right now, or that episode is in. Uh, uh, already aired, so we'll have to do our homework tonight. We'll, we'll watch a little hard knocks. We'll I catch didn't up like on. the decision to do Dallas. It's the third time. Yeah, I didn't like that decision. That was a cop out. To me. Jarrah, Jarrah wants it. Jarrah loves the attention. Yeah, but I mean, there were some interesting, I think, storylines around the NFL that were a little more prominent than Dallas. Oh, for I sure. mean, outside of Dallas, is Dak all the way back? I mean, what else is there there? I don't know. I, I, I'm curious to see what Zeke is, you know, moving forward. But uh, Mike McCarthy is not a – he's not John Gruden. Right. He's not an entertaining, charismatic type of guy. Maybe one of their assistants is. I don't know. Maybe Dan Quinn in his first year, he'll be uh, interesting. they got a terrible defense. I don't know. Maybe Micah Parsons will get you excited. Uh, I, I would have loved to see the Bucks. Yeah, but they're not going to do I that. I would have loved to see the Rams. Stafford they did it last year. Right. But, Double back. You went back to the Cowboys. That's true. Cleveland would have been fascinating. Yep. I would have loved to see Green Bay. They would have never done it. They made the playoffs last year, so they were uh, not eligible. But that would have been phenomenal. Uh, but, yeah, Tampa Bay would have been great when you think about. Even Cincy. Like, create some new stars. Like, let Joe Burrow become Cincy a superstar. Would have been, Cincy was eligible. Uh, By exposing him to the people. Trying to remember if Cincy's ever. I don't think Cincy's ever had it, but um, yeah, they did once. Marvin had it, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember they had a couple guys trying to make the team. Yeah, a couple tight battles. Well, yesterday we talked about you know Saquon Barkley's return to the field from pup, so that got Giants fans certainly excited. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you look at comeback player of the year, you know last year went to Alex Smith and producer Aaron Oster uh, wisely played that. It, I, I don't know. 12 to 1. I forget what it was. Yeah, inside information. So, no, and I I I totally understood the bet that he made because if Alex Smith stepped foot on the field, he was a shoe in to win that award. I just thought there was no way he was going to step foot on the field. To his credit, he did. Started a couple of games, helped them get to the playoffs. So now it's there's a lot of big names on here. Dak, Joe Burrow, Coming off the torn ACL, Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, Nick Bosa, Carson Wentz, George Kittle, Jimmy G, Michael Thomas. I don't think that's a good bet considering he will be uh, out for the first six weeks and he doesn't want to be there. Um, go down the list. Jameis Winston, your guy, 16 to 1. My front runner right now is Nick Bosa. And it's interesting because since 2007, there have only been two. Defensive players to win comeback player of the year. One was Eric Berry, which is a lot like he came back from the cancer. Alex Smith. Yeah. You know, it was a situation where physically people didn't think he'd ever play a yep. game. However, Greg Ellis, 12 and a half sacks in 07. Most he ever had in his career. This is why I think Bosa has a, a great chance to win this award. He only had nine sacks two years ago. Hurt last year. If he comes back with 11 sacks, double digit, then he supersedes anything he's ever done, which I think makes it the comeback story kind of relevant in my opinion. And I say that because some of these other guys have been so successful and done so much. Like, what are they going to do? Last time McCaffrey was healthy, he ran for 1,300 yards and caught 116 balls. Like, I mean, so what's he going to come back? Rush for 1,600 and catch 130? I mean, he's not going to supersede or surpass something that he's already done. So I think Bosa has a great opportunity. 
Hard to disagree. I I think Dak's just too easy. Sam Darnold has a chance. Sam Darnold does have a chance. Jameis Winston. Got to throw 5,000 to win it. I'll say, uh, you know, it's Saquon at 7-1. He could go off. I agree. They got, I mean, they're going to have, they're going to be cautious there, but man, he's so good. He is. 7-1? Really, really good. Take a look at Saquon Barkley. That's Sean. I'm Tim. How about we take a look at a division of the day? We head back to the AFC East on the other side. It's the nightcap here on Decent. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All oh, my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even posted to my my dance, (laughs) There's plenty to celebrate in March and Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. searches through millions of resumes and Indeed's database to deliver candidates who fit your job description instantly. Find out more, head to Indeed.com slash credit. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN. I like 
I don't know why I just this just dawned on me. About an hour ago, we had Matt on, and he mentioned he saw you, and I don't doubt it for a second. You probably bet on the game too. You were pit, playing for the Las Vegas Gladiators. Gladiators. Yeah. Was that in the AFL? That was the Arena Football League. Yes, I had. I played two games. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Shout out to the Las Vegas Gladiators. They don't exist. Anymore. Good group of guys. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, good group of guys. Where'd you play? Where were the games? Do you remember? At the Orleans. Oh, okay. Yeah, at the Orleans. That makes sense. We practiced there and played there. And then just after two games, you're like, I'm good. Yeah, that wasn't for me. <laughs> yeah. and I, I, that wasn't for me. <laughs> <laughs> Everything, not for everyone. <laughs> the AFL had a peak, man. You know, the, what was it, the uh, the Tampa Storm or whatnot? Legit organization. Champa Bay down yeah. there. They were just winning title after title. Absolutely. I think, Jay, was Jay Gruden part of that? He John's? was with Orlando Predators. Oh, He was okay. a player coach at one yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> and he was, like, wasn't he doubling back and going to yeah. Tampa? And like, Jay was like my assistant quarterback coach really? in Tampa. Really? Yeah. Get him on the show. He's not doing anything now. Absolutely. Call Jay's up Jay. my guy. I like Jay. Yeah, we Jay, make uh, it happen. I covered uh, Jay a little bit when I was in Washington. Salt of the earth guy. Yeah. Seems great like a, dude. Seems, great does dude. seem like a good dude. He's a great Kind of got dude. dealt a, a difficult hand there in Washington. But, uh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, you probably know him quite well. Yeah, that's my guy. All right. Um, so, sticking with the AFC East as we do a, a division a day, we'll give our final thoughts on the division, how this thing unfolds uh, to close out the show as we've been breaking down divisions uh, the past couple of weeks. Let's start with the quarterbacks. You know, I'm fascinated to get your take on Tua uh, because I, I like Tua in college, um, but then, you know, it's one of those kind of um, spots, Sean, where when you see a, a big-time player, now Alabama, they just reload, right? Facts. But when you see a big-time player like Tua leave and there's not a drop-off, it actually gets better at the quarterback position, you start thinking, like, is it is it the surrounding pieces? You know, is that an indictment on who Tua is? I don't know the answer to that. Um, I love what the Dolphins have done around Tua. It, it really all comes down, and I said this after the NFL draft. It seems like to me, if Tua dot 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 is kind of the theme of the Dolphins because I, I love what they've done around him. You mentioned the speed. They they clearly went out and said, Jalen Waddle's our guy. Mm-hmm. We want Jalen Waddle. Okay, bring him in. They go out and get speed in Will Fuller. Now, he's Mr. Glass at times. If he could stay healthy, right. he's he's a intriguing playmaker. Devontae Parker's solid. The, the running back situation's not great. Um, they've got, I think, solid tight ends. Uh, Shaheen, Gasicki, uh, they drafted Hunter Long out of BC in the third round. They added more pieces to the offensive line. Liam Eikenberg. Uh, who will start right away at left guard. They had a first-round pick in Austin Jackson last year. Uh, he'll be their starting left tackle. They get depth on the edge, getting Jalen Phillips out of Miami. They had so much. I mean, what they did with the Laramie Tunsil trade to Houston, it just kept turning into players, and now it's time to reap those benefits. Um, but it all comes back to the quarterback. His over-under on passing yards this year is 4,000. Is Tua capable with these weapons and what you've seen so far in his limited time, you know, last year, Sean, to get over 4,000 yards passing? Guarantee, in the words of Charles Barkley. Man, Tua is a baller. State champion, high school. Yep. National champion, college. Had to play as a rookie on a team that won 10 games and was trying to get into the playoffs 
And I thought he did fine in those conditions. Like, he never has gotten a chance to actually be a young quarterback, make mistakes and grow. But that hasn't been his career because he's always been a kid that's been on an elite team that had a, that was competing for a championship. I think that serves him well this year. I think those numbers go up. You look at that receiving core, Devontae Parker, Will Fuller. They added Jalen Waddle. Don't forget they have like the X Factor and Malcolm Perry, the former Navy quarterback who kind of <laughs> does a little bit of everything. You love Malcolm like, Perry. Yeah, like they have some <laughs> great pieces. They have a tremendous head coach. They're going to be rock solid on defense. This is a team that I think is going to just continually get better. And two is a part of that equation and a big part of that equation. I like it to fly over. Yeah, and what I like about the Dolphins, and I, I go back to uh, the breakdown of the schedule, they have one of the easier schedules just based off of the Vegas win totals, mm-hmm. the fourth easiest schedule in football this year. If those weapons stay healthy around him, I, I really love how they just put pieces around him. You, you see it too often, Sean, where you get a great quarterback. You get a young quarterback, and you don't build around them. You know, what what Indianapolis did, where they drafted Andrew Luck, they didn't build an offensive line in front of them. Mm-hmm. What the Dolphins have done, they got a first-round pick at left tackle. They've got a second-round pick at left guard. Mm-hmm. They've got a second-round pick from a year ago at right guard. They've built this offensive line. It's young, but they've built it. They've spent draft capital, high draft picks, and... While there might be a little bit of a step back defensively, you've got a defensive-minded coach in Brian Flores. But we're focusing on on the yardage. To break it down, 4,000 yards for Tua if he plays all 17 games, which health has been an issue in his career. Um, if he plays all 17 games, that's 235 yards per game. With those playmakers, I, it's hard for me not to play the over if you assume health. And we assume health with all of these totals. Right. That, that's there's, the there's not a total that we would bet if you told, if we thought that the guy wasn't going to play the full season. I mean, because then you take the under. So I like to. I think he's talented. I think he's used to being in a pressure cooker. I think Alabama prepared him for that. Last year prepared him even more. So now he has experience. I think now without Fitzpatrick being there, having to kind of look over his shoulder at a veteran presence, if not just player, it's his team now. It's his team. He's the guy. If he plays bad, half the team is not like, well, you know, if Fitzy was, was, was in the game, we'd have won. You know, he doesn't have to worry about the media asking Fitzy how he feels about what's happening. Like, it's his team now. You're going to see a, an improved version of Tua. What they should do is they should call Indianapolis right now and say, hey, remember Jacoby Brissett? Hey. Yeah, you guys want him back? Give us a, <laughs> give us a third-round pick for Jacoby Brissett. Might work. Um, let's get to Josh Allen. He's the headliner in this uh in this division right now, 45-50 is his over-under for pass yards. Last year, he threw for 4,554. Um, now you've got an extra game. Him and Stefan Diggs were uh, two peas in a pod. By the way, I, I gave him 10 extra yards. It was 4,544, so six under that. Josh Allen, that's a lot of yards. Uh, I probably wouldn't play it. I don't want to play things you know that high. But Josh Allen, does he just continue to go on this on this route, I think a lot of people out there, Sean, think that he is a legit MVP candidate this year. Paula, shot caller, 20-inch rims <laughs> on the Impala. Like, that should be his song every time he goes onto the field because he single-handedly got Buffalo to the second round of the playoffs last year. I mean, I mean to the third round. Yeah, actually. you got him to the AFC, yeah, championship, the AFC game. championship game. I mean, he was phenomenal. I mean, they could not run the ball last year in the playoffs. They couldn't pass protect. 
Everything that they did on offense was because of his improvisation, his ability to extend plays, to make things happen. I mean, he has transformed himself from being a question mark on draft day into being an elite quarterback. I said right now there might be four teams in the NFL that wouldn't trade their starting quarterback for Josh Allen today. And that's saying a lot based on what the narrative around him was coming out of Wyoming. So, again, with this yardage total, you kind of get a little skeptical, but Manuel Sanders, Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis, Cole Beasley, like they have a lot of pass catching options there. Having said that, I think they're going to make a concentrated effort to try and run the football better. I think they saw once you get in the playoffs, it's hard treading if you're not balanced offensively. So I think because of that, might have a couple weeks where the production from a passing yard standpoint isn't what it could be. I'm go- I would take the under on 45-50. Yeah, and, and I think this also has to be played into this. Now in a 17-game schedule, Bills are an odds-on favorite to win this division. So they're expected, not to say that they will, have they're expected up. they could yeah. have this wrapped up going mm-hmm. into Week 17. Maybe you don't play Josh right. Allen. So that's something to keep in mind. While we're all, all these numbers are anticipating 17-game schedules, Mm -hmm. you are going to get those guys resting. Maybe it's Patrick Mahomes in Week 17. Maybe it's Josh Allen. So uh, this is too high for me to play. Uh, It would be be under or pass uh, on this. Real quickly, Zach Wilson, I think I know where you're going on this one. (laughs) 3,800 yards, year one. I don't Uh, know how you play over. Uh, You know, good luck. I don't. I don't like the pieces around him. And uh, you could drop this number to 3,300 and, and 17 and a half touchdowns, and I still take it. I mean, the only thing <laughs> Zach, the only thing Zach Wilson has going in his favor is just you know, unlike you know, Tua last year, there was Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, there's just there's no one on that rock. It's his, it, you know. But uh, we will see. Uh, I want to jump over to um, the receiving yards real quick and. I don't know if there's anyone on this list that jumps out. Jalen Waddles there, 750 as a rookie. Uh, that's that's a lot of yards as a rookie uh, to expect there. Devontae Parker, 810. Uh, you look at uh, Mike Gesicki from Miami with five touchdowns there. Um, look, man, Stefan Diggs, 1350, Sean. And, and he is just... I still don't know why Minnesota... I yes. Just, I don't, I don't you know. didn't want to be there. I know. And it's funny because... You think about, I wouldn't say it's a win-win, but they have a situation right now with Justin Jefferson where they get Justin Jefferson on that rookie deal. Justin there. Jefferson's good. He's not Stephon Diggs. That is true. But you don't have to pay him. And when you're paying your quarterback $35 million a year, you're you're trying to figure out financially how shout, to... Uh, shout out to Cousins, too, man. Hey, that's how you rob a bank in broad daylight. I mean, Kirk Cousins, man, look, he's my hero. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. We'll get our thoughts on the AFC East uh, and how this division will uh, will play out standings wise to close out the show. Uh, but the, on the other side, Chris Andrews and the folks over at the South Point put up a very interesting prop for college football. We'll discuss that with him and and all the other happenings behind the counter. Stick around. It's the nightcap here on Decent. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. 
try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. 